What's going on? Welcome back to this episode of Outside the Arena. I'm Griffin Senek, and today I am joined by a very special guest. A graduate from Hamilton College, she's worked for ESPN since 2005. She's, she was ESPN's first female college football editor and has led ESPN's NFL, MLB, NBA, and NHL content teams. She currently is the vice president executive editor of ESPN Digital, Lauren Reynolds. Hi, thanks for having me. We're very happy to have you today, Lauren. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll get started here. Obviously, um, you're at ESPN. You've been at ESPN for a while now. So how exactly did you get your start at ESPN and how have your positions in the company changed over time? Sure. So I started here 17 years ago, but uh, my path here actually started with a conversation with another Hamilton alum, Steve Wolf, who at the time was the executive editor of ESPN, the magazine. And when I was a senior at Hamilton, he gave me the priceless advice to go down south to any newspaper that would hire me. And in two or three years, ESPN or SI would come calling. And so I took his advice. I worked at a really small newspaper in North Carolina, uh, where I was a sports editor and then later uh, the managing editor. And uh, about two and a half years in, I saw a job posting for the copy desk for ESPN.com and applied um, blindly on a job board. And I uh, was lucky enough to, to get hired. It was ESPN's first copy desk. Um, our paper was so small, I didn't know what a copy desk was. It is essentially, you know, you're sitting there editing content that other people wrote, that other people assigned. Um, I hated it. It was a terrible, boring job for me. <laughs> Having come from being out at games, covering um, live events, assigning all of the stories, editing all the stories, putting the paper together, updating the website. Um, it was really hard to go from that to kind of a traditional nine to five where I didn't have a lot of say in the process. And so I spent a lot of the first eight months at ESPN um, begging our college sports group to let me help them. Um, and luckily, uh, about eight months in, they had an open job. And so I applied and got it. And uh, I've had 17 different jobs at ESPN. I joke that I'm going for 30 for 30. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, most of them have been in or around the group that I now oversee, which is um, actually I oversee two different groups at ESPN. One is our digital editorial team. So all of the reporters and editors who are sports specific for ESPN are part of our team. Um, we cross three continents. We have about um, 150 reporters and about 75 editors um, cover everything from you know, NFL, MLB, NBA, to soccer, to some more of our emerging sports. Um, and then my other team is our sports center coverage team, which includes our bureau reporters, bureau producers, and our assignment desk. So essentially, if you see somebody um, live on TV who's not in a studio, or if you uh, read something online, one of the people on my teams um, likely had a big hand in it. That's awesome. Um... I guess kind of transitioning from that, um, obviously now you've uh, moved from the, uh, the copy desk to a pretty you know, high up position. So what exactly would you say a, a typical day looks like for you at ESPN right now? Uh, I don't know that there is a typical day. Um, although for me, it, it, most days require a lot of meetings. Um, we're a huge company. Uh, both of my groups are very much 24 seven news oriented groups. Um, so we are you know, in the day to day in terms of you know, what news can we break? And then when news breaks, how are we reacting to it? 
um, whether that's online or on air. Um, and then sort of how are we spinning it forward? How are we making it make sense for fans? Um, what can we do that's smart, that's informative, that entertains them? Um, you know, so that's really the, you know, the bulk of my job is kind of helping guide that coverage. Got it. Um, so obviously ESPN, you know, right now is essentially the, the top sports company in the world. And recently, obviously, um, in the last you know, few years has, has changed, uh, you know, with the development of, of digital, you know, subscriptions, obviously ESPN plus has become huge. They've, you know, overtaken many sports. The UFC obviously is primarily on ESPN plus now. So, um, you know, what changes during your time at ESPN, would you say that you've helped lead and that you're most proud of, um, you know, the change that you've kind of overseen? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, on the digital side, we joke that our uh, priorities have to change every three to six months just to keep up with, you know, the changing tides of the internet. Uh, so I've seen a tremendous amount of change internally. You know, I think there has been a real shift. We're sort of in the middle of it from going from a company that was very linear first to one that's digital first. Um, and, you know, I very much feel like the groups that I oversee are sort of at the, the nexus of that. Um, you know, I think out externally, yeah, streaming and subscriptions are, are a big thing. You know, we've always, or we've, as long as I've been at ESPN, we've been in the subscription space previously with Insider. Um, and I've led a lot of groups that um, were heavily behind the paywall, um, whether that was recruiting or draft content. Um, you know, in the last three years since ESPN Plus emerged, we've rebranded and we've expanded our coverage um, behind the paywall, but we're really unique in the space in that, you know, there are a lot of streaming companies, but, you know, none of the other streaming companies are in the written editorial space. There are a lot of written editorial companies that have paywalls, um, but none have a streaming component. Um, so we're trying to do a lot of things and, and really make a value proposition for our audience um, better than what everyone else can, can offer. And so, you know, that's a really nice you know, mix of, yeah, we've got streaming, you know, we've got the UFC, we've got NHL, we've got golf on right now. Um, we've got really great original content, you know, whether that's things like Peyton's Places or, you know, the series we did with LeBron. And then we've got a really rich array of uh, written content too. And whether that's, you know, predictive analysis, which is sort of our bread and butter or some of the really deeply reported pieces, the things that like Ramona Shelburne um, and Woj work on, you know, we have a really great, you know, variety of, of content for fans. And that's something that I'm incredibly proud of. I also read um, that you were, uh, you played a very big role in, in ESPN in adding more coverage to women's sports uh, specifically. Um, so I was wondering if you could kind of talk about that, talk about the change of you, changes you've brought to the coverage of women's sports, because obviously, you know, women's sports have really taken a turn. I mean, the WNBA had the, I believe, much higher um, viewer rate this year, um, as well as the uh, uh, March Madness for the women's tournament as well. So kind of, can you talk about how you've kind of changed ESPN's coverage of women's sports? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when I initially got the first version, I guess, of the role that I'm in right now, it was the big six, you know, NFL, NBA, MLB, and all of our women's sports were sort of housed within ESPNW. And I felt like that was a missed opportunity because we do have you know, so many reporters in the sports space that have a real passion for knowledge of and, you know, are deeply sourced in a lot of the same leagues that women play in. Um, you know, the NBA is a great example. A lot of our NBA reporters are very well sourced in 
uh, the WNBA, um, same with basketball. A lot of times it's a lot of the same people. And so by having our women's sports coverage over sort of with ESPNW instead of part of our overall sports coverage, um, I really felt like we were missing a lot of opportunities to tell great stories. So, um, you know, a few years ago, we decided to change that and moved women's sports into our overall digital editorial group. And I think that that's made a huge difference. We've added a number of um, really incredible journalists, uh, you know, in the women's space, the women's basketball space, uh, Alexa Philip, who recently joined the team, um, award-winning journalist uh, in women's soccer, Caitlin Murray, who literally wrote the book on the women's national team. Um, you know, so we're trying to make some key hires. We're trying to increase our coverage um, with our reporters who were already on staff um, and really work, you know, within the entire company to elevate the women's, um, women's sports coverage writ large. I think it's definitely been a, a very, very positive change, uh, to say the least. Um, I mean, ESPN, we kind of already talked about it a little bit, but it's always evolving with, you know, sports is the world's changing, you know, every, every year, obviously. So how would you say, you know, right now, if you were to predict what ESPN kind of the changes it will undergo in the next five to 10 years, what would you say, um, in terms of, in terms of that? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's always about really trying to find ways to, in impact and engage with the audience where they are, you know, and so for on the, on the digital side, uh, we get real time feedback constantly from our audience at any given moment. I can tell you how many people are on our site and clicking different links and, and things like that. And I think, you know, using that information to help spark conversations about, you know, what the future of fans will want, um, is really helpful. Uh, I also think, you know, uh, the next generations of fans are going to be really different than the generations that preceded them. You know, they're digital first, um, youth sports, you know, especially because of the pandemic, but even before that, we're seeing decreases. And so how do we, you know, how do we engage with a group of fans that may not have grown up playing sports or consuming sports in the same ways that the generations before them did? Um, you know, so our, our social team has taken, um, a really ambitious track with how we're approaching fans, you know, on TikTok and, and emerging platforms. Um, and, you know, for me, one of the ways that I spend a lot of my time is in recruiting and developing the talent on our teams, uh, because all of our reporters, um, they may be kind of housed in the digital group, but you see them on every platform. And so how are we bringing on new reporters that are going to push us into different spaces who bring different perspectives um, and who continue to lean in on, you know, diversity is a big value at ESPN, um, lean into those values. Got it. Makes sense. Um, I mean, you did bring it up. The pandemic obviously kind of turned the, specifically the sports world was really affected by things. So what were the really, I guess, what, what were the hardest parts of the pandemic that, you know, you and your team had to overcome and, and work on to, you know, push ESPN and, and continue to grow ESPN, even while sports were, you know, not going on at the same rate? Yeah, I think it was, you know, two things were really hard. One, ESPN is very much an office culture. Uh, we get a lot done in the hallways. And so having to all of a sudden transition to Zoom, I think definitely took us a minute. Uh, but I think long run has been incredibly uh, helpful for so many people here in just in having the flexibility to, you know, work wherever uh, they want to work and know that they can do their jobs really well from, you know, from home. Uh, the second part of it 
you know, we talked about it a lot as a team is I really feel like the pandemic kind of split sports journalists into two camps, the people who got into sports journalism for sports and the people who got into it for journalism. And the pandemic very much put the people who got into for journalism, you know, they definitely had the upper hand, you know, because they were interested in learning um, about, you know, COVID and all of the reactions and long-term effects and the financial uh, realities for leagues and players because of all of that, you know, during the pandemic, we also obviously had the social justice movement. Um, So all of a sudden we were covering topics that were not, you know, our, most of our reporters uh, bread and butter in terms of, you know, on the field uh, topics and storylines. And so I think it was a really big challenge um, for not just for our team, but I think for the sports journalism industry where at large, uh, you know, but I think it will make, us better having gone through this, that, you know, people did kind of flex different muscles than they normally are asked to do. And I think it will make our coverage uh, far better because of it. Yeah, I think the pandemic was, uh, I mean, I became personally, uh, the UFC was something I kind of started watching over the pandemic. And I know their growth, just if you listen to like Dana White talk about it, how they really, I mean, they stuck through it, but they kept, you know, growing and growing and reaching new heights through it. So I think it's really fascinating looking at you know, how the sports world, ESPN, UFC, stuff, companies like that, they really changed and evolved during the pandemic. And we're able to actually use it to, you know, grow and, and bring positive change to, you know, the company, but also the world. So I think it was a, it, the pandemic is definitely fascinating in terms of the sports world and how it affected everything. Yeah, I think we'll be looking back for years, um, seeing the ripple effects. I know, you know, anecdotally, uh, my husband in, in a similar boat, like I, UFC, rolls up into my group. So I've been a fan for a while. Uh, yeah. but my husband, when it was the only thing on all of a sudden became a big UFC fan too. Yeah. Uh, so it is, it'll be really interesting to see sort of the long-term effects of the pandemic for sure. Definitely. Um, well, you kind of mentioned it there. I kind of do want to talk about, um, your love for sports because obviously, um, you know, you've been involved in, in sports journalism for um, your whole career. So kind of where did your love for, for sports start? And when did you know that you wanted to go into sports journalism? Sure. So my dad was a football coach growing up. So my mom jokes that I didn't really have a choice <laughs> in the matter. Um, but I played sports all growing up. I uh, played basketball and lacrosse in college. Uh, I knew, you know, in high school, I was our sports editor um, at our high school, Packley. Uh, and really wanted to go into uh, a journalism school. I was the first one in my family to go to college though. So my parents had hoped to get a lawyer or doctor out of the deal. <laughs> um, so they pushed me toward a liberal arts school. Um, but sadly for them, I, I was pretty stubborn and was the sports editor at our paper at Hamilton and, um, you know, really tried to do anything I could to get into the space. Um, was very undeterred by their, uh, apathy toward <laughs> my chosen calling. <laughs> so what, what would you say your favorite sports are right now? And also, you know, favorite teams. I know with, you know, sports journalists, it's very hard because I've talked to other people in journalism and they say, well, you can't really have a favorite team um, and, and be a fan. But for you, I mean, obviously your position is a little different. You're not a broadcaster per se. So what are your favorite sports, favorite teams? I do think that um, being a journalist, it makes it tough to continue to have a, a favorite team. So I always joke that I I cheer for the storyline. Um, I cheer for the upset. I cheer for whatever is going to make for the best content coming out of it. Um, you know, that said, I grew up with giant season tickets. So uh, it's in my bloodstream. And, you know, we were 
uh, Notre Dame fans growing up as well. So certainly, um, you know, probably watch those two a little bit closer than, <laughs> than others. Uh, and I've got two kids who play travel soccer. So if I'm going to go with favorite teams, it's, it's gotta be their teams. <laughs> awesome. Um, I guess I'd kind of pivot to, um, another kind of question. So obviously working at ESPN for 17 years, you probably have some, some crazy stories. So what's kind of one or two of your favorite memories or moments that, uh, from your time at ESPN that you, you still remember till this day? Oh yeah. I mean, there, there are so many, the people make the place here. I still, the first kind of, um, this is sports center type memory I have. Uh, I remember I was only a few months into the job and I was in the women's bathroom and, you know, washing my hands and out of the stall next to me comes Danica Patrick. (laughs) And, uh, and I, it was at that time we used to do these things called, uh, you know, Bristol car washes where, you know, an athlete or celebrity would come in and, and they would sort of go, um, from place to place. And we got pretty used to seeing, you know, really famous people. Um, but everyone was, uh, I very infatuated with Danica Patrick and it's obviously a pretty male driven, um, place here. Uh, and so we're washing our hands and Danica just looked over at me and she goes, are they always like this? <laughs> and when I, we walked out of the bathroom, there was just like a chain of guys waiting for her, uh, to like <laughs> follow her around. And it, uh, it just makes me laugh to this day. Um, but you know, there are so many moments, uh, you know, whether, uh, there's a mascot holding the door for you as you walk in, or, you know, riding in the elevator with like Teddy Bruschi and just having like a normal, like coworker conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a really fun place to work because you'd never know when you turn the corner who you're going to run into. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, all right. So I guess kind of my final question for you would be, you joked about your, uh, your 30 for 30 quest earlier. Um, so, I mean, what are your kind of goals for your career moving forward? Is there, you know, a dream position that you, you know, hope to end up at or, you know, what are your kind of future aspirations? Oh, I'm in my dream job. Um, I never, you know, never thought that I would get it. I, I and didn't really try to either. Um, I love, I've loved every job I've had here. Um, you know, and, and for me, the biggest that I've tried to do in my career is keep finding jobs that where I'm going to learn a lot. Um, you know, that's been sort of the, when it, whenever I was choosing between jobs, uh, you know, sort of my North star was where, where could I learn? Where could I grow? Um, and where can I make the biggest impact? And so, you know, for me right now, getting to work on content on a daily basis, getting to have a seat at the table when we're talking about, you know, what the future of the company is going to be, uh, getting to play a really active role in hiring and, and talent discussions. I mean, these, this is all a dream job. Really sounds like it. Um, Lauren, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Um, if you are new to the channel here, make sure to like comment and subscribe on the video. Um, lots more content on the way coming soon. And with that, um, we'll see you on the next episode of outside the arena. Thank you.